The following Art Trap production is brought to you by the Gallifreyan Embassy and has been made possible by donations from listeners like you. Hello, everybody. My name is Ken Deep. I'm one of the hosts of Doctor Who Podshock. Thank you very much for getting up early this morning. It's our second year here at Gallifrey, second year in Los Angeles. For those of you who may have been in this room last year at this time, which is a beautiful thing, by the way, Sundays, Sunday mornings, I think you can expect to see this time next year, although it's a week later, so let's see, it's 358 days from now. We'll be back on the stage at 11 a.m. on Sunday morning. We're going to try and make it something of a tradition. For those of you who may be from New York, and I don't know if they did this anyplace else, do you remember they used to show Abbott and Costello on Sunday mornings? It was like a tradition. Or Godzilla on Thanksgiving. Well, Podshock on Sunday morning. Um, many of you may be hungover, and I apologize for getting you out of bed this early. <laughs> was anybody here last night for Toby Haydick? He's going to be joining us on stage tonight. Today, this morning. Tonight, jeez. Feel like Johnny Carson. We also have Mr. Phil Collinson, the most, the, the best dressed producer in Doctor Who history, in his first North American appearance and first appearance on a podcast outside of the official one, I do believe. So that should be quite spectacular. And then we have a special guest. Has anybody figured out who it might be yet? Do we have a show? <laughs> yes. Okay, a couple people who may know who our special guest is. And uh, I kind of let the cat out of the bag yesterday when everybody was here for Toby. So, so we're going to play our intro. I'm going to introduce my co-host and longtime friend, Mr. Louis Trapani. And then after many, many years, the very first time we've ever done a Doctor Who podshock together, our friend, even though we had never met, Mr. James Norton is here as well. The three of us will be together for the first time. That's, it's been great. James and I, and, and I and Lewis have been just having a great time over the weekend. We're complete geeks. We just go out and it's like, oh, Colin Baker, you know, and that kind of thing. We're going to play the intro. We're going to begin the recording. We're going to do a little bit of our usual podcasting stuff, and then we're going to bring our guests to the stage, and we're just going to have a good time. How's that sound? <laughs> Fantastic. Is everybody ready? Shall we do this? Yeah? There we go. Doctor Who Pod Shop. Okay, well, let's do it now. I... <laughs> you know, whatever it is, if it's valuable, send it to us. <laughs> this is Lewis Trapani. For the best in all things Doctor Who, it's Doctor Who Podshock, the podcast all about Doctor Who, the longest running science fiction television program with Lewis Trapani. Hello. Ken Deep. Hello. Hello, James Norton. Hello. News. Fabulous. Reviews. Oh, no. And fan mail for James. Uh, 40,000. Doctor Who Podshock. From the Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. James Norton, all the way from the UK. James is really cool. Oh, yeah, look who's that. <laughs> All right, cool. Here we go. I'm the doctor, and who are you? Who are you? Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here, finally. Long time coming. Hello, L.A. Hello. So here we go. From the start of the show, let's do this. Live from Gallifrey 20 in Los Angeles, California, this is Doctor Who Podshock. My name is Ken Deep, alongside Mr. Louis Trapani. Hello, and welcome to another live edition of, Gal of Outpost Gallifrey. Uh, I'm sorry, at <laughs> Doctor Who Podshock at Outpost, well, at Gallifrey 1. <laughs> Presented by Outpost Gallifrey. Thank God for post, and from across the great pond, but here in person, Mr. James Norton. Thank you, hello. 
Well, it's great to be here. We've been here the whole weekend. It's absolutely spectacular. We've recorded some, some great stuff that'll be out on the feed later in the week. Are you guys having fun here? I was telling everybody that we want to make this a tradition on Sunday morning. So are you coming back next year? I'll be back next year. Are you coming back next year? I'm going to be coming back in two years. No, I'll be back here next year. (laughs) And I'll be back next year. And when this goes out on the feed, you'll know by me saying this, because it was in the program book, next year, Gallifrey 21, the special guest is Mr. Peter Davison. Yay! And with any luck, and Sean did mention this, so it's official, fingers crossed, his daughter, Georgia Moffat. The doctor's daughter. Literal and real. Yes. Okay. Yes. Enough, enough mumbo-jumbo. Do we have any business to cover before we bring out our special guests? Well, we're business. Let's see. Well, uh, at the annual report meeting from... Uh, no, we have no business. <laughs> <laughs> How can we possibly have any business when we come all the way to Los Angeles? Well, first, let's, let's also thank uh, Sean and Robbie, some of the great folks here at Gallifrey, for 20 years of Gallifrey yes. conventions. yes. Keeping Doctor Who alive in what we called the lean years. Even when Doctor Who wasn't on the airwaves, they were still doing a convention. They were still keeping alive from all eras of Doctor Who, from the very beginning all the way up to the current day. So we really want to thank them. They've done a spectacular job. And and they make everybody feel so welcome. And this is the most amazing convention, because you've noticed how laid back everything is. There isn't isn't pushing and shoving, and there isn't a whole lot of people getting really angry at things. It's more like, hey, having a good time? Yeah. So that's awesome. Okay. friendly, yeah. We usually do our news segment in the beginning of the show, so um, latest news is, um, well, David Tennant has announced that he's uh, leaving the show, and... <laughs> Short horror. You, got, you, you heard it here you first, ruined ladies it for and everybody. gentlemen. Yeah, yeah. And Matt Smith is going to be the new doctor. You ruined yes. it for everybody. Yes, um, the new doctor is Smith, Dr. Smith. You may remember him from Lost in Space. <laughs> well... I looked on the, uh, some of the news this morning just in case something breaking happened, and, and there really wasn't anything that was, like, urgent. But um, So let's just get into our guests. How about we do that? Yeah. Yes, because they're yes, sitting yes, in the audience, and we want them for, to come right? out here. So first, the man who was... I don't know if I'm even allowed to say this. He was our bartender the other night at a spectacular party. The <laughs> best-dressed producer of Doctor Who of all time. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome up to Podshock, Mr. Phil Collinson. Give it up for Phil. Yeah, sure. Yeah, come sit over here with us. Hey. Howdy. Hello. Should I stand? Should I sit? Should we could do whatever you like. Can't sit, can I? Yeah. I'll be looking up your nose. No, let's go. Let's, let's sit down. Sit down. Okay, make ourselves comfortable. More come on, sit down. It's Sunday. How are you? How is your first convention as a guest? Um, I have to say that I'm having a great time, yeah. I'm loving it. I'm re- everybody's been lovely and warm and friendly, and um, um, uh, I- I'm having fun. I'm really, really having fun. Is it what you expected? Um, yeah, I guess so. I mean, I-, I was kind of prepped a little bit by a few people. Um, Elizabeth Sladen said to me, you know, um, 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 just go and have fun, but stay out the bar. So, uh, I, uh, how did that work out? I'm afraid I haven't followed that uh, piece of advice. <laughs> but um, no, I've had I've had a lot of fun. It's kind of slightly different. I mean, the whole um, 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 because I don't know if people know, but as um, as a teenager, I actually attended a couple of conventions. Ah. So, um, but but in England, 
as a fan, because I've always been a massive fan of the show, and um, it's slightly different over there. I don't know if anybody's been, but I think, um, well, certainly then, it was a bit less dressing up. <laughs> That's really? kind of taken me aback, how, how much people dress up here. And some of those costumes are actually amazing. Well, not some of them, all of them. I mean, brilliant. So that's kind of taken me... I saw about, you looking at the costumes yeah, last night. The last costumes, night. they're really amazing, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wonderful. Um, but, uh, but essentially, it's the same kind of experience, I suppose, but it's, it's kind of weird for me to be on the other side of it, you know? When I, you I'm were going used to, to being sat there. Yeah. When you were back then at those conventions, did yeah. you ever dream in a million years you'd be doing this? No, I'd, I'd love to go back and get in that thing and go back and tap my... 16-year-old self on the shoulder and tell him that he would be up there one day. It'd be kind of fun, wouldn't it? Would you believe yourself? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wouldn't believe how kind of, how kind of uh, um, old I got, really. <laughs> I have to give you a big compliment. There's a lady named Tara. She's, she's across the hall with the other oh, She's waving. TARDIS. Hello. She built a TARDIS on her own. Yes, and I she did. I've seen it. We... we Okay. <laughs> when when you have um, when you meet people, mm -hmm. celebrities, people who are working in the business, you you try to get a beat on if they're the real deal or not. And I want to say this in front of everybody and for the record, I watched you with great fascination and sincerity look and examine that TARDIS last night, like yeah. a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you were you were real. Well, you this, you, you know easily the, could have just blown it off. You know, the whole experience of making the show has been. Um, Part of the reason it's been so special is that I've taken so much pleasure and joy in every bit of the experience. You know, literally from the, you know, the moment I found out I was doing the job. Can you imagine? Can you imagine that you know you're a fan of a show and you stay with it when it's not even you know it's it, it, it's kind of gone. It's not on the air anymore, and you kind of stay with it and you still kind of keep a handle on what's happening and read the odd novel or whatever and then somebody says you know what you can go in there and you can make it again and they're not just kind of saying you know oh it's a little you know we're going to do a one-off movie you're going to come back and you're going to make a whole new series and you're going to reintroduce this iconic show um uh, th that's iconic to you to the rest of the world again and um so I took an enormous pleasure um, in every tiny little decision the first time I walked onto the TARDIS set, the first time you know, I picked up that first document that Russell delivered that said, this is the vision, my vision for the new Who. These are the sort of stories we're going to tell. The first time I read the name Rose, I walked around for a week saying, Rose, Rose, oh my God, I know the name of the new Doctor Who company. <laughs> And no one else does. Can you imagine that? <laughs> so I've taken. I mean, you know. But that that but that joy never goes away. And I think um, that maybe it's going to be with me for the rest of my life. Coming here is brilliant. I've I've just had such a lovely time, and you know, to see how loved our show is by you guys is um is a real thrill. Is it nice that so many people embrace the new show? as if it, it never left, as if this is the exact connection they wanted. That this isn't, well, yeah, we really like the old show. The new show's great, but there's none of that. It's almost like, like it never stopped. That yeah, this is I, just an extension of that. The charm is there. Yeah. All the per everything that, is, that makes Doctor Who essential, all those elements are still in there. Yeah, that's a, that's a huge thrill, but you know, um, the biggest thrill, because you know what, I think if it had been 
if it had been good or bad, you guys would have still watched it. You'd have stuck, you'd have stuck with it. If we did delivered the worst show possible, you'd have stuck with it and you'd have found a reason to love it. I'm sure you would, you know? Um, um, I, uh, the people that, uh, that um, I think we made that first series for were the new, were the kids and the, and the people who had no idea what Doctor Who was. And, you know, I really, it, the, watching Doctor Who um, in the 70s was a massive part of my um, childhood and gave me an understanding of drama that I wouldn't necessarily have had, gave me a love of the, the medium of television that I wouldn't necessarily have had, and also gave me a big opportunity. You know, it was a real point in the week where I bonded with my parents, where we watched a show, we sat on the couch together, and I'd sit with, with a cushion and my mum would sit here and my dad would sit on the other side and sometimes my grandma would be there and we would all sit and watch this show and take something from it. And it was a really, um, I'm going to say cultural, it sounds a little bit, bit, bit kind of arrogant, but I think it was kind of culturally important, certainly back then, certainly for me and certainly in my family, it was a point where we bonded and grew as a, as a group. And um, I wanted to do that again. I wanted kids, you know, they said to us, there's no such a thing as a family audience, that the parents are, you know, mum's off in the kitchen, the dad's what in the sitting room, but he's watching sport. The kids are upstairs on the internet or the computer. People don't watch telly as a family anymore. They lit that, you know, that was said to us in a, a very early meeting. And, um, and I think we knew that they were wrong. We knew that this show could do that. And that's the biggest thrill for and me. It did. That it did, that kids watched it and embraced it, that suddenly I would hear kids saying exterminate again. Suddenly I would be the super cool uncle. Uh, <laughs> every, every, every friend I have with kids, they all invite me over for dinner now. <laughs> and then they go out and leave me to look after the kids and talk about Doctor Who. <laughs> Um, so, you know, the kid thing is the most important thing because, you know, they're you guys in the future. And also, more importantly, have I knocked that off now? Yeah, I think the mo more importantly, it means that this show will never, ever die. I think, <laughs> I think you know, the, the time may come in, in five, ten years where they might think it needs to have a bit of a rest again, that they might want to take it off and stop making it for a couple of years while they reinvent it. But I think, I think there will always be the kids who are watching it now who in 30 years will say, you know what, that show was really important to me and it really moved me and meant a lot to me. And I think we should bring it back. And I think that will happen forever. I think it's Sherlock Holmes now. I think it's James mm -hmm. Bond. I think, it's, sure. I think it, he's the character that will just go on. Yeah, and, and in, in 20 years' time, there'll be a, a young director, actor, somebody exactly. who said, oh, when I remember watching that as a kid, exactly. and that's yeah. why I got into this. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. And it's a format, it's a timeless format that you can go into. It's the best format in the world, actually. What can't you do on the show? Well, you yeah. can, well, well, absolutely. I mean, it's just the, it's the ultimate adventure series, I think. Um, and I think um, it, it just is, it has, we've just reminded people how important a show it is. It, was. Mm -hmm. So Phil, I know you, uh, you just said that you were a fan when you were younger. This is something that obviously you have a passion for. So becoming the producer for the series, this is like a dream job come mm. true. Did this, was this something that you actively sought out or was, did this just happen? I mean, obviously your skills and... Well, I, um, I, I, I mean, I, I told this story yesterday, so um, apologies to anybody who heard me tell this story, but 
I found out that the show was going... Russell and I were old friends. I met Russell on the very first job I did in TV. It was a series called Spring Hill that was made out of Granada, and Russell was one of many writers who went on to be great. It was a big bunch of brilliant, um, imaginative people. And if anybody can look up that show and, and see any clips of it, it was called Spring Hill, and it was brilliant. It was about a family, a very ordinary suburban family, um, but their weird stuff happened. They, their nanny was really an angel. And one of their mothers, they had two mothers. I, I, it's too long a story to tell. One of the mothers was the devil. And um, it was mad, very Russell, actually, and very heavily influenced by him. And, but that was my first job, and that's when I met Russell. And one of the things we bonded over was Doctor Who. That I can't even remember how we got talking about it, but... <clears throat> Very soon after we met, we, we discovered that we both had the, the, this love for Doctor Who. And so occasionally we would meet up on the 23rd of November and we would have dinner and we would watch some Doctor Who. And uh, I was making a show called Sea of Souls, which is a supernatural drama series that I made for BBC One. And I was making that in Scotland and I'd flown down to London for a meeting and I was on the Heathrow shuttle. And I opened the newspaper, and there was the announcement that they were going to bring Doctor Who back. Um, Lorraine Hegarty had just been at the BBC launch the previous day and let the cat out of the bag, and, and that Russell was going to write it. And I could not believe it. I was like, how did he fucking keep that quiet? <laughs> it didn't even tell me. So um, I got my mobile out, and I, and I phoned him, and he answered the phone. He didn't even speak. He was just laughing. <laughs> And when he stopped laughing, he said, uh, I know exactly why you're phoning me. And I said, is it true? And he said, uh, yeah. And I said, can I produce it? Uh, and he said, well, your name's on the list, yeah. Um, and, and, and so that's kind of, uh, it was as, it, not easy as that, because I obviously then I had to meet Julie, and I know there were a couple of other people in the frame. I had to go along and, and, and kind of tell her exactly why I thought I was the person who should bring this show back. And whatever um, you said worked. Yeah. I suppose, yeah, I suppose you'd have to ask her that. Um, but, you know, so that's how it came about for me. Early on, right before the series premiered, there was this leak of Rose. Now, yeah. I know the official party line from you. You're, you're an employee of the BBC. You're going to say, oh, my God, that's terrible. Yeah. In your heart, the reaction to people around the world that there was this embracing and this, this just incredible rush mm. that Doctor Who was back. Well, I suppose so, but I think, you know, anybody who watched that, that leaked episode on the internet, I, I kind of feel a bit sad for them, because I think it was much better to watch it as it went out on the TV for the first time. Sure, yeah. And that's truly what I feel about all those leaks. I would take it really personally any time anything leaked and got out um, that we didn't want to, because, you know, I... I um, Thing. I, I think back to my time as a, as, a, as a fan and a viewer, and one of the biggest joys was not knowing what was coming, you know, mm. that you'd turn on on a Saturday and you wouldn't know where he was going, where it was going to... I mean, even this is in the days when I was a very small kid and there were no magazines, there was, you know, I, I didn't know what fandom was. I mean, it was just a show that played every Saturday night. And when that, you know, when the cliffhanger ended, as a little boy, I, you know, I believed that maybe, you know, he would fall off that cliff or, you know, maybe that one-armed claw monster would get Sarah <laughs> Jane or whatever, you know? It was fun to speculate, basically. Well, it was, and I think, you know, I, I think some of that joy goes when people open their newspaper and they read that someone's leaving or this particular 
monsters coming back or somebody said this or that or when they you know I think it's a shame and I t and, and, and so I think that's what was very sad about that leak that there were some people who obviously you know it's that kind of Christmas present under the tree thing you know do you go and rattle it and open it and see what's inside or do you wait until you really can open it and enjoy it and savor it and I would always say you know I think I think you know the 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 internet is the tool of Satan and I think people should I think people should switch it off there you go <laughs> Saves a lot for us there, guys. <laughs> well, that's it for us. This episode. Thanks for joining us. Okay. As an internet-based show. Nice to see you. <laughs> Christopher Eccleston mm -hmm. quits the show. He's leaving. And David Tennant very quickly, it seemed relatively quickly, was cast as Doctor Who. I've always speculated that deep down you guys knew that he was probably the guy you wanted for the job. Is that true? Did you, was there more to David than just, okay, we gotta start looking for a doctor? Was, was there something well, that no, said? No, I think when we, I think what, the, the, when we, re, when we um, realized that we had to find a new doctor, um, it was a no-brainer who it was gonna be. I think that's certainly true. I, and um, we, I had seen Casanova, obviously Julian Mussel had worked on it, and. David's performance in that is wonderful and mercurial and and captivating and um, and beautiful. So I mean, there was no one else that we would want to play the part. How do you feel about Matt Smith? I think it's a brilliant choice. Um, I, I was completely taken by surprise. Um, I think it's absolutely the way to go. I think um, the fact that I really have no concept of what he's going to do with it, how he's going to play it is brilliant, actually. I think even just from uh, uh, the interview that I've seen him give, um, there's clearly um, uh, a, a, a brilliant passion for the show that he, he seems to have and, and an excitement about playing it that, that he's going to need because it's an endurance test playing that part. Um, for any actor, just just the fact yeah. that we film for so much of the year, the fact that you know um, the um, the actor playing the doctor really has to lead that company. Um, he has to welcome all those guest actors mm -hmm. in. He has to see them out. He has to be leading from the front. And it's you know, for for somebody so young to be taking that on, I think it's really exciting. I think it's really exciting. So you give him your stamp of approval. Absolutely, absolutely. Fantastic. I'm jealous. I think, I think, uh, uh, you know, they're gonna have. I think it's gonna be a really exciting era for the show, and I really can't wait to see what they're gonna do with it. But at the same time, you're kind of looking forward to enjoying the show, not being so intimately involved with it. Yeah. Being able to be a, a fan again. I want to be a fan again. To you speculate. Can I can be surprised, and you know, I'm staying off the internet. <laughs> well, very cool, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Phil Collinson here with us today. Let's bring up our second guest, shall we? Last night, he did the North American debut of Moths Ate My Doctor Who Scarf. Is he here in the crowd? Let's pop up for a second. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage, Mr. Toby Hayduck. Give it up for Toby. Great show. What's up? How you doing? I, th I thought I'd do it in the style of last night's show and be an hour and a half late. Um. <laughs> That'd be a little nerve-wracking. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was... Um, 
when the video went on, and I thought, oh, they're just going to show some clips of five-minute compilation. I could have watched Return of the King. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was clean-shaven before it was due to go on. One of the things I loved in your performance is that you, and, and commenting on what Phil said about the, the news reporters, the internet, the rumors, yeah. that you beat up on reporters who spoiled any little thing they possibly can about yeah. the show. It's not like they're reporting some news about the president or the prime minister said something. They're, they're ruining the ending of a show. We should cherish freedom of the press, but unfortunately we give freedom to infantile halfwits, and that's the price <laughs> that you pay. Um, uh, I, yeah, I, I, mean, I, just, I don't understand that there's plenty going on in the world that a rigorous journalist could uncover and pat himself on the back for having done something that, that you know, this is why he trained to go to this. And instead go, oh, I'll just spoil a television program. That, that, that's my worthwhile contribution to humanity and several, several million years of evolution. What I'll do is I'll just print pictures that I've nicked off a DVD. What a... <laughs> <laughs> I'm very cheerful this morning, can you tell? <laughs> Well, it's, you know, you're, you're absolutely right. You, you go out and, and you, you want to watch your show. You want to enjoy it. You want, to, you want that surprise that you talk about. And, and here these guys are just coming along and saying, well, I could go out and, and, and lay in a, you know, behind a bush for a while and find some scandal somewhere, something to do with world peace, or I can ruin the ending of a sci-fi show. Yeah. It just seems like... Yeah, well, and occasionally they do. I mean, I don't know if you remember, uh, Phil, when suddenly I think the Daily Mail decided they were going to not like Doctor Who for a couple of weeks. And they went, Doctor Who ratings disaster slide or something. And it was just because it had gone from 10 million to 8 million. But every other programme that week had lost 3 or 4 million views. So actually, compared to every other programme, Doctor Who was doing perfectly well. But, you know, mm -hmm. to take those little things out of context and fib, you, you know, you can sort of create this, this false story. And you just think, why are you doing that? Stop it. I, I'm just going to hijack your interview for a second, but it's, it's when it gets to a point, and where I think it's dangerous is that, you know, people believe what they read in the newspaper simply because it's in print. And, you know, I remember, um, I remember my dad ringing me up and um, uh, saying to me, you know, um, so um, I'm reading in, um, in the newspaper that David Tennant's going to leave now. This is the end of series two. And I said, no, he's not. And he said, he is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Dad, the producer, not you. Dad, I'm your son. <laughs> I'm telling you, he's not. He is. It says in my paper that he's leaving, and this is, this is what's dangerous, I think. Yeah. And I also think it's bad, because you, you, know, you obviously work very hard on the show, and you don't want to then, uh, I think you alluded to it before, open it up and find that the surprise has been uh, you know, given away. It's like if the guys had come on last night and gone, oh, yeah, we're going to start the show now. Oh, there's a Doctor Who scarf behind the sofa. What was going to happen with that? <laughs> <laughs> Well, apparently you've owned two scarves in your life. Now, this is the, this is the second one. Uh, I've heard that you may be doing a, something to do with a commentary for, for something. Is that true? I've, I've, I've done a couple. I've done some DVD commentaries for mm -hmm. the, the, um, the BBC range, yeah. And you have some coming up. Is that the, is that yes. Um, uh, the Rescue and the Romans is coming out this month. I did that. This is what's wonderful about doing this show. I thought I'd be in Edinburgh for four weeks, and then I'd go back and potter about again. And then suddenly I'm sitting in between Christopher Barry and William Russell getting paid to watch the Romans. It's fantastic. <laughs> I, this, this'll do. Um, uh, I'm going to stay off the internet that week, though. Um, uh, how what he wasn't in it. They should have got Dorothy Rose Gribble instead. Uh, uh, and and I've, I've, I've done some... Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> they will. I bet they will. <laughs> Dorothy Rose Gribble, she plays woman prisoner. <laughs> <laughs> She's still around. Um, <laughs> they squandered the opportunity. And I'm not canon. Um, and I've done some more, but uh, they haven't been announced, so I can't talk about them. But okay. I'll give you a clue. They've got Doctor Who in. <laughs> Big spoiler I've, there. I've done ten Pertwee episodes. Wow. Yeah, I'll just pop up on every single one. Just can, can I do this one as well? Um, so, but th- but that, that, that won't be out for a while. Um, and they've asked me to do a couple more. So that's great. That's fantastic that yeah. you're in there and, and, and sort of guiding the, uh, the commentaries. And I'm sure adding a few funny lines, too. Oh, no, I should know, because the problem is, it's a terrible thing, Doctor. It always, I mean, I, I, was, I was rehearsing at the Drill Hall in London a couple of weeks ago. I'm doing an improv show with um, some quite big names, Phil Jupiter, Sanjeev Bhaskar, Hattie Hayridge, uh, and Marcus Brigstock. And I was patting myself on the back going, Toby, you've kept you cool with these people. You've gone, hi, Phil, yeah, I'm Toby, nice to see you, blah, blah, blah. And then I turned around, and there was this figure in the doorway, and it was Matt Smith. And I was, I was going, yeah, I'm cool. I'm hanging around with him. It's Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I, I, and I thought, just say good luck, or I'm sure you'll be good, or anything. I just went, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I rang, I rang Catherine. I said, I, I sort of asked, did you say anything to my mouth stopped working. Um, <laughs> so, the, you know, when you're in the presence of, of, of you know, those people, you, 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 I think your child is still, still there going, oh, hello. The geek boils up, yeah. up here, right, and it takes over. Yeah. Oh, Toby, you must be amazed about the, the reaction that your show has been getting. I know when, we, uh, when you were announced to be here at Gallifrey 1, uh, Gallifrey 20, that is, uh, for this year, from our audience, we got more requests. Yo, you got to interview Toby. You got to interview Toby. Oh. It, it, it was outstanding. It was, well, it was only because well. Dorothy Rose Gribble was unavailable. <laughs> <laughs> Quite, yeah. <laughs> but uh, obviously, your show really touches a, a nerve with fans. A, 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 I mean, it was very touching. If anyone, I'm, I, how many people here saw him last night? Yes. Yeah. Wasn't it awesome? Wasn't it amazing? It's a great show. And. Uh, it was um, funny yet touching at the same time. And I don't want to give anything away for those that haven't seen it, but the ending, I mean, almost um, brought a tear to my eye. That, that was really, really that's, classic. That, yeah, that's the thing a comedian should always do, is make the audience cry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I had to... It was the, the thing about the show, when I, when I first wrote the show, and it went through various stages of gestation, it was a party political broadcast for the Doctor Who party. It was just going to be, Doctor Who's funny, you know, we were right... It's come back, people who don't like Doctor Who are idiots. That was the sort of tone of the show. And as I previewed it and worked on it and worked on it, 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 it became obvious that it was the personal stuff that um, really made it work. And my director, Mark Atwood, who, who didn't direct it, like stand to the left for that bit and stand to the right for that bit. It was more, he, he, was, an, he was my outside eye on it. And he said, you've got to start from scratch and write it as a, as a, as a personal journey. That's, mm-hmm. And don't do a joke about Doctor Who unless it relates to something yes. in your life or that you think about. Because so. people can really connect with it. And yes. I think that's why it's, it appeals to such a wide range of people is that everybody has something that they find funny about it because it's funny because it's true. Well, that, well that's the, I mean, the nice thing when I first started, I mean, it was lovely last night because I was able to, you know, I could mention the underwater menace and people would know what I was talking about. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, it, when I first started doing it, and now when I, when I toured the UK last year, it was when people came up and said, I've never seen Doctor Who, and I really liked that because, you know, I didn't go with my dad or I was sent away to school and felt, and, and, I, and I had my own thing. So, yeah. you know, we all, it, we all have a, our thing and... For us, it happens to be Doctor Who, but everybody has a thing that makes their life 
a little bit better. Mm. Um, and I didn't want it to be a show that was for Doctor Who fans, because I think that would have been extremely yeah. limiting. Um, but that's the brilliance of it, because, as I say, everybody can identify with at least parts of it, you know. Mm -hmm. It's not all level. of it. Yeah, definitely. There's, yeah. A, there's, a common, there's a common bond with Doctor Who fans. We all kind of share the same things. Yeah. As different as everybody is, there are certain things we all go through in life. And like one of the things you mentioned in the show is about being a sports fan. What's the difference between, a, mm -hmm. being, between, between being a sports fan and a Doctor Who fan? I always wonder that. And, and, and I've been in lines and queues and things for, for uh, conventions of different types. And there'll be reporters who'll come up if it's a big event, a movie premiere or something. And they'll be like, so why are you dressed as a stormtrooper? Well, why don't you go ask the guy who's out painted himself red, white, and blue, buck naked in minus 12 degree weather at a football game? <laughs> why is it okay to do that and not okay to wear a long scarf or, or wear, you know, wear a costume? Damn sight warmer. Where's the, <laughs> where, where is the double standard? And we all share that. Yeah, yeah. Well, and there's, I mean, and it's bred as well from the fact that I think because parts of the show are quite angry, but it's because we had 16 years um, of of you know having to not only it not being on, but it not being on and people go, it was rubbish, wasn't it? And you, we had to you defend. Know, when it. I was six, I didn't watch this and go, oh, this is an ironic juxtaposition between production values and meta text. I was just going, it's good. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, and and so when it came back and these guys did such a fantastic job with it, uh, and that's the bit I particularly like doing is when every git comes out of the woodwork and it goes, oh, I really love Doctor Who. Who directed Creature from the Pit? Don't know. Shut up then. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, because it's cool again, everybody wants to be a fan. Oh, there's this, 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 a friend of mine uh, 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 had had a, got a new boyfriend who was one of these boast. He was a sports fan, and he was this one of these boastful boring, racist idiots. Uh, uh, and, and he came around to my house and he was just, just being oafish and awful. I really took a dislike to him. And she then later said to him, oh, Toby's a big Doctor Who fan. And he went, oh, I'm, I'm a, probably not a bigger fan as me. And she was going, no, no, he's, he's well, you know, he really he gets the magazine. No, I, 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 love, I don't know everything about Doctor Who. Yeah, he's probably, because he's one of these people who just thrives on competition, knows nothing and, and, and says how much, how little he knows at length without being remotely interesting. <laughs> um, and so, and I thought, well, I'll try and strike up conversation, see if there's some common ground with this buffoon. Uh, and, and I said, so you, I hear you're a big Doctor Who fan. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Well, I said, oh, what, what favourite story? And he went, oh, I, I like the ones where they got all the doctors together. I was like, you don't even know the name. You could have, you could have counted and guessed what it was called. Just pick a number, pick a number, right? Well, I hope, I hope you took him to task with some trivia about Fury from the Deep or uh, the Macra Terra. Yeah, yeah, that would have just baffled him. <laughs> Did he scurry off in, in, a, in a froth? No, I just, I just ceased the conversation and went and picked toenail clippings out of a radiator. It was more interesting. <laughs> Says it I'm all, a cheerful really. soul, aren't I? <laughs> well, your, your stand-up routine is available on BBC audiobooks? Yes, well, it's slightly different. It's not, it's not, it's an adaptation of the live show. Uh, they'd originally approached me to, um, do you think it would be a good DVD? Yeah. Hell yeah. Oh. I, th 
I think you should email to entertain then. Um, <laughs> uh, good. Um, uh, th th they were going to do a recording of, of the live show, but I was very fortunate that two people wanted it at once. Um, uh, BBC Audiobooks wanted it and, and approached me to do just the recording of the live show. And a BBC producer called Paul Hardy um, uh, came to see the show in Edinburgh and thought it would make a good series if I adapted it. So they sort of knocked heads and struck out a deal where it was, it's two half hours, but it's an adaptation. It's got a cast. It's got Colin Baker and Louise Jameson in it. Um, and, and it's a different way of telling the story. So as a result, some of the stuff that works very well on stage doesn't work mm -hmm. on audio. It's a different medium. So it's a sort of top-to-bottom rewrite. So there's plenty in there that you, you won't have got if you, if, if you saw this. Cool. cool. Yeah, there's, there's, but the, but the story is essentially the same. And you adapt for a live show with a few... A, few, a little bit of, uh, of ad-libbing. Well, I had to last night. I th th <laughs> no choice. It was great when I walked on stage and went, oh, everything's gone wrong. That's a, that's a good start. Uh, so I'm sorry you missed David Tennant's vocal cameo. You got him at the beginning. So but, you've uh, got two doctors between Colin on the on the audio and, and David Tennant last night. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, I tried to get Dorothy Rose Gripple. <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't available she yet wasn't again. Available, no. She's got a busy schedule, that woman. Oh, she is. She is. <laughs> Well, we have a third guest to join us, a surprise guest that's going to come to the stage guest. right now. She wasn't on the uh, convention list for this weekend, wasn't on the guest list for the convention, but she's an L.A. native and a friend of Dr. Upachak and a friend of Gallifrey for many years. You know her as the other doctor, doctor. in the TARDIS, Dr. Grace herself. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage the stunning <laughs> Daphne Ashbrook. <laughs> Thanks for coming Hello. around. We hope we didn't get you up too early this morning. Say again? I hope we didn't get you up too early on a Sunday morning. Oh, God, I, I know. I was like, wow, this is my day to sleep in. Oh, my God. No, it was great. I'm so happy to be here. Well, thank you for being here. Thank We're you. Delighted to have you back on the show. <laughs> and back at Gallifrey. Now, are you... Are you the type of person that's going to go and browse through the dealer's room in a little while or, or do geeked up things? Or is that just like, no, no, I'm not going to. I'm a huge geek. <laughs> I'm like gigantic. Yeah, you know, I mean, what, what is life without geekdom? But I have to say something. This is what I was thinking of when I was watching you guys. Um, I saw Toby stand up in um, Stockton, right? And I was so hoping I could get a copy of that because I am, unlike you guys who grew up with... Doctor Who, I did not. So I was like, always trying to grapple with how to explain the depth of passion and feeling towards the show, right? And I saw your, your stand-up and I was like, well, there it is. That explains it all right there beautifully, how it connects so deeply with uh, people who grew up with it, you know? No, it's great. I gotta get a copy. Because yeah. <laughs> I can take it to other aliens that do not know the Doctor Who, and you know, and they'll get it. I know it's on iTunes in Britain. Is it on iTunes over here in the States, or? Yes. 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 Awesome. iTunes is our friend, even though we hate the internet, right? <laughs> <laughs> We have to have some, maybe some selected things, some, some selected internet things that we like. So I to to torrent sites, by the way. My children starve if you download it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
So uh, you were overseas, you were doing uh, some appearances in, in, in the UK, was that the scoop? Yeah, we were on, uh, what was it, it's Stockton on Tea. Yes. And um, did the convention out there. When was that? I don't even remember. Uh, 2006. Six, it was 2006. And I got to watch the, the stand-up one night, and I, I was crying at the end of it. I was. I was like, oh, yeah. yeah, you got yeah. me. I'm, I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> but it has all the answers, because it's really hard to understand if you didn't grow up with it. Mm. You know? It's really hard to explain. I mean, I get the passion. I get the, the, the feeling that you have about it. And uh, I mean, I understand that. But to explain it, to somebody else on the outside, they, they don't. They don't get it. Do, do friends believe that when you tell them I was in Doctor Who, especially if they've come to see David Tennant and, and Chris Eccleston things on the Sci-Fi Channel now, do they believe you when you tell them? But I was in Doctor Who. I, yeah, I think I think it's kind of shocking for people. You, oh my God, you know. So <laughs> like, wait, wait a minute, you're fancy. American. <laughs> <laughs> I feel kind of fancy. <laughs> you, you recorded a few big Finnish audios. Is there anything planned coming up? You, is there anything new there? Nothing new, but I'm working on it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we. Uh, we do you think we'll ever see the return of Doctor Grace? Um, uh, if I had something to do with it, yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe we'll walk by the table and make a suggestion to them. Yeah, I'm going to be suggesting that. <laughs> that um... <laughs> but wouldn't it be cool if the Eighth Doctor met up with Doctor Grace again? <laughs> I, yes. I can always kill another Doctor, you know. <laughs> Bring on the new. <laughs> well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go. That's right. You know? it, it seems like everybody's chomping at the bit, though, to be in the new show. I mean, I've heard Fraser Hines say the same thing. Like, why, why couldn't they ask me? I would go and do it. And he's like, you know, just, just say so. I'll, I'll be a little bit older. There's no big deal. <laughs> so everybody's really, I mean, it's just a testament to the, the show's history that, that so many people still feel, even the people who worked in it, feel passionate. And not in a way like, well, I can get a paycheck out of this deal. There's actually a, a genuine passion mm -hmm. to say, this is great. I, you know, I want to return. I want that magic to be. I want to capture a little of that magic again. Well, you know, the, 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 there are new fans being made every day. That's pretty exciting, mm -hmm. isn't it? Yeah. It is really generational now. It's just all the way. Yeah. It just keeps on bringing people in. It's great. It's really. I think what's what's great about it. One of my favorite things about it is the innocence uh, 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 that it, it requires to kind of. Mm -hmm take the leap and, um, and play. I don't yeah. know. There is yeah. a lot of... It's youthful. Mm -hmm. And is it playing? Is it like it, 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 different than, than, let's say, taking something really serious, like you know, some Shakespearean thing? But is it playing? Is it fun? Is it, it what you're doing? Is it more inside of you that you say, I'm a kid right now doing this? It, it really, you're, you're going to go inside a blue wooden police box and travel through time, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. It, it requires a certain degree of child inside of you, doesn't it? Absolutely. I think all acting kind of does really but um but in particular you got to just be ready to have fun and i was really fortunate when i was working with paul and Sylv, you know it it was we were always laughing so it was a, a bunch of fun the whole thing and the director everybody it was just it was really about um um throwing your grown-up qualities out the window and just play dive in one of the things that I, I really admire on the new series, and in Russell when we watch the commentaries, and I was wondering if the whole crew is like this, there's a, there's a sense of inclusionism 
in all era of Doctor Who, even if it was Peter Cushing's movies or an American-made production or things like that. Was that something conscious in the, in the produ- on the production side? I'm sorry I'm throwing it over to you, but it, to me, I, I've, I've really always wondered this. It, Everything from the the outline of the the glass on the door and those yeah, kind well, of I things. Think, um, I, I think it does come from the fact that um, that, that Russell and I were fans of of the right. of of your movie of, of of the classic series of the Cushing films, and so I think you know there is an encyclopedic knowledge there, I suppose, that we drew upon, yeah, and, and, and kind of distilled and, and wanted to take the best bits of every bit of that kind of Doctor Who experience across those years. Was it that much thinking, though, into the detail? Well, yeah, I mean, we had conversations about, you know, well, the, 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 the police box should be more like the Peter Cushing police box and maybe less like the police box from the classic series. And, you know, the great thing was that Russell and I had that shorthand that we literally could... Poor old Julie Garner would sit in those early meetings going, what? <laughs> What's the difference? I mean, they're blue boxes, right? They've got police public call box on the top and it flashes. What are you talking about? No, no, no. Um, yeah, so there was a kind of... Yeah, there, was a, there was a shorthand. There was a shorthand of, of what we felt worked. You know, the fact that, he, that it was a guy and a girl and that, that you know, they... The, the sense of adventure that we knew that they both had to feel when that companion, when, you know, we were both very um, of, of, of one mind about what, about what it made, what made that companion relationship work for us when it worked the best. When you when you felt that they wanted to be together, I mean, you know, watching your movie, The Great Joy, was that you know you, you felt that you and Paul wanted to be together, that you enjoyed, you know, in the back of that bicycle, you enjoyed it, and you know, the wind was in your hair, and you having the time of your life. As a, as, you know, she was she was released by this man, and I think right. you know bits of that kind of stuff we would distill from everything. But there's an, and there's a, an attention to detail because there's a certain geek inside of everybody, I suppose, with, with knowing that, that, like you said, that encyclopedic yeah. knowledge about that. I'm, I'm glad to know that it was really that much. And, and the, like I said, the inclusion to me yeah. is extraordinary. That many times if something is re-envisioned or brought back, sometimes there's a, there's a tendency when promoting it to just select a few things from the past. And mm. yeah, well, okay, we'll, we'll show some Tom Baker stuff and, and then move on. But there really is a sense of the history, yeah, that there is eleven doctors and that everybody yeah. has their place, and it's not like well, we'll yeah. just brush over this one thing. There isn't that. There's yeah. there's this sense that even though it's made in another country, it wasn't made by the Beeb, any of that stuff. It's still part of the thing. Yeah, well, of course and, and it even, is. And even the ca- even the Cushing stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's all part of the you know the, the history of the show of this great institution that we're all here to celebrate. You know, it, it's kind of um, and you know what it is. It was back in 1963 the most brilliant idea for a television program ever. At its core, at its heart, the. Really, the decisions they made back then are still, you know, at the heart of what this show is now. And, and you know, back in the UK, it, it, you know, it literally is now the most important drama series on British television, and that's amazing, yeah. right? No, and I and I say that, you know, without arrogance, it is. I mean, it really is. It's it, it's 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 right out there. It's number one. Mm-hmm. I, I want to ask you: Did you guys struggle a lot with the, the romance? thing that was sort of... Did the audience Did struggle? you? Did you, as far as deciding how far you were going to go with it and what you were going to do? Well, no, I think, um, I think what we knew we wanted to happen 
was uh, we wanted them to want to be together. Mm -hmm. We wanted them help. <laughs> that we knew that we wanted them to want to be together. Right. That we wanted them to enjoy their adventures. That we wanted um, 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 the Doctor and Rose to be great friends. Um, and then I think the kind of the romance thing came out of that. I think, you know, they they... Absolutely, they'd been through so much together, and, and I think they kind of had to fall in love, really. Well, that's the thing. I, it was such a big to-do. When I mean, I didn't know what I was walking well, into. Well, it, it was for some of these guys, but it wasn't for the audience as a whole, I think. You know, I think the... Uh, <laughs> I think the... Uh, I'm going to get stoned now, aren't I, for saying that? <laughs> No, I mean, I mean, I think the audience at home, you know, my mum phoned me up uh, when she watched Father's Day. This is my poor mum who'd had to endure, you know, 20 years of me in my bedroom when she was kind of desperately trying to get me out in the fresh air. Um, uh, she phoned me up and she said, you know, this is really good. And I was, and she's, you know, she's, she's like, I'm crying actually oh, now at whoa. this and she's putting and, and you know does she love him and um, that's what people wanted I think they wanted that emotional connection with the characters and mm -hmm. you know and you guys had it you guys had it they loved each other I think you know he kissed her oh my god can you remember can you remember what a meltdown people had when he kissed you <laughs> we weren't the first people to do that you were <laughs> I had no idea yeah. well did they break ground for that did that make it easier for you guys to actually attempt Well, that. I think we looked at that film and we looked at that film and that relationship and we said, you know, that's how it should be. They should, they, they should, they should buzz off each other, you know, in the way you did. I think that's really important. You know, Rose and the Doctor, you know, and then obviously then Rose and, you know, Rose and Martha and, 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 and sorry, um, Rose and Martha, Ooh, the Doctor. Wow. And, uh, that's Torchwood. The Doctor and Martha and, and the Doctor and Donna. <laughs> I'm going to gloss over that Freudian slip there. Um, you know, they, they get on, you know, they want to be together. You'd have to be, wouldn't you? You know, you're spending your life in a blue box in outer space, being chased by monsters, saving the world. How fantastic would that be, right? <laughs> There's got to be an emotional connection there when you go through those kind of things. I mean, yeah. people, you hear about bonding stories about this... Well, you're saving each other's life on a daily basis, of exactly. course. Exactly. How know? could well, you not? And, yeah, and what, what, what happens when you're... when If one of them went away? Yeah, Do you know what exactly. I mean? That's what I... Yeah. When yeah, yeah, I watch yeah. it, I'm like, if something happens to him... I'm stuck up here yeah. in this box yeah. all by myself yeah. for yeah. eternity. You know yeah. what I mean? That's like, wow. You got to have yeah. each other. Well, Would exactly. And I think that's the great, you know, that's the lovely thing uh, that, that, you know, that, that, um, that you kind of did in your movie and that the writers... Of, of of our series have done that you know that that Rose would say that you know that Rose would think that and the audience you know all those questions about you know Rose had a mum Rose picked the phone up rang her mum her mum was doing the washing it was all very deliberate you know <laughs> so that the audience watching can kind of ask the questions that we all asked for 25 years you know what what was Sarah Jane's auntie thinking she was doing while she was up there you know that's fantastic, though. It, it, that there's this. Rose was almost a second pilot for the show. Really, you had to resell the show. Yeah. Well, I think we were very mindful that we were introducing a. I mean, it hadn't been on the screens 
um, since since your movie. So it was what? How many years was it? Eight years? Eight years? Long yeah. time. Yeah. Um, so you know, a whole generation really of children had grown up not knowing the show, and they were you know part of the audience that we really wanted to capture. So we almost did have to do a reboot and a relaunch. If you had a chance to go back and play Dr. Grace again, was this would this be something you would want to explore? That what if I got stuck here and or if sure, it, I think it, that'd make a great episode. And, or if this guy, you know, <laughs> you 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 had this amazing adventure and then he's off and you're there yeah. and you're back to uh, yeah. I got to go to work tomorrow. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you're scary. Yeah, that would be so much fun. Having a, having a chance to to relive it again, you know, the, would would the character be sitting there and saying? Damn, that was the best thing that ever happened to me. How did I let you know? How did I let? Yeah, that... and you know what? Did you, she says at the end, right? No, that's okay. Go ahead. Remember? Yeah, what the hell was she thinking? What in the hell? <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually like remembered it differently. I yeah. had to go back and look at it. Somebody told me, no, 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 no. You said you wouldn't go. I'm like, no, I did not. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm so sure. So I went back and I looked at it, and I was like, oh, crap, that's right. I forgot that. I really did. That was so dumb. Mm. Oh, well. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we've taken up enough of your time. Our time is almost up, as Colin Baker and Nicola Bryant are probably on their way in for the next panel. I want to say thank you very much. Toby Haydick had to step out for a second, but to Mr. Yeah. Phil Collinson. Hey. And our special thank guest, you. Daphne Ashbrook. We want to thank you so much for joining us for Doctor Who Podshock Live. It's free anywhere around the world, mostly and bestly on iTunes. Mm -hmm. It's a free download. It's a regular, regular show. It's on a regular basis, usually about a week. We or have a few spin-offs. Podshock.net as well. Podshock.net is the website. Gallifrey and Embassy, we've been around for many, many years as a club. 1985. And, uh, and have been doing the podcast now for coming up on four years. Four we want to thank everybody who's, yes, I, who have supported the show for so many yeah, years. Thank you for all your support throughout the years. It's been fantastic. You guys are great. Thank you. Thank you so much. For, thank, you. thank you both for being on the show and for being a friend. We want to thank you so much. Thanks. Thank you very much. Thank you. You've been listening to Dr. Who Pachak, recorded live on stage at Gallifrey 20 in Los Angeles, California by the fan run gallifreyandembassy.org and presented by Outpost Gallifrey at gallifrey1.com. Doctor Who is owned and trademarked by the BBC. Doctor Who Pachak is not affiliated with the BBC in any way. Come back next time for another exciting and informative episode of Doctor Who Pachak. You can email us at feedback at pachak.net. Opening theme by Jeff Smith at thejeffsmith.com. This is Louis Trapani. You can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash Louis Trapani. You can follow James Norton on Twitter at twitter.com slash James Norton. Dr. Who Podchock is also um, on Twitter at twitter.com slash Podchock. This Art Trap production is brought to you by the Gallifrey Embassy and has been made possible in part by donations from listeners like you. Doctor! Oh, so you're a doctor!